0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters, with Carl Fitzpatrick.
1: Well, in what has been compared to the Enron of the cryptocurrency world, the FTX Exchange recently filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the US, and many cryptocurrency commentators believe that its customers stand to lose approximately $8 billion. Well, here to tell us about what went wrong is cryptocurrency commentator Francis Coppola. Francis, we'll be discussing the collapse of the cryptocurrency trading firm FTX. But first, I'd like to get an insight into your own background.
0: Okay. well, I spent 17 years working for banks and then escaped to go and be a singer. And I came back after the financial crisis um, because there was a lot of stuff being talked about banks that wasn't true. Um, And so I started talking about banks and writing about them. Um, And from there broadened out into finance more widely. Cryptocurrency started in a way as a reaction to and rejection of banking. And so as part of that, I started looking into cryptocurrency and writing about it. And I've been doing that for well over a decade now.
1: And how have you seen the crypto market evolve over that period?
0: Well, when it started, of course, it was just Bitcoin, which started immediately after the financial crisis and was originally promoted as a a better way of doing payments, really, or uh, money, uh, a different form of money that didn't need banks, didn't need central banks, and that people could transact with peer-to-peer across borders cheaply, fast. Um, and trustlessly, importantly, without needing any central authorities. It all started to go wrong in about 2014, 2015, when it became apparent that this didn't actually scale very well and it wasn't ever going to replace mainstream payment systems. And so it changed into um, becoming more like digital gold, you know, the, the, a, a hard, sound money underpinning a financial system. And since then, a huge ecosystem of finance, really, but based around cryptography and tokens, has been built kind of on top of it. But weirdly, bizarrely, linked to the U- particularly to the US dollar rather than to Bitcoin, which has turned out to be extremely volatile.
1: Now, the reason I've asked you to join us on this morning's show, of course, is to discuss the breaking news from last week in relation to the collapse of the FTX exchange. So by providing context to that story, what is the FTX exchange and how popular was it in the cryptocurrency world?
0: Right, well, an exchange in crypto world is um, a platform where you can trade cryptocurrencies. You can um, put some dollars up there, exchange them for, um, say, a stable coin such as USDC or even just the Bitcoin and then trade it for other things. And FTX was a latecomer. It had developed relatively recently and had a really meteoritic rise to become the second biggest of these exchanges. It was used by an awful lot of people. The creditors, the um, bankruptcy filings are actually saying that potentially it's over million customers
1: and how did they scale so quickly
0: partly clever marketing I think partly um, perhaps just people seeing a need for something in the space and partly because it was marketing itself as safer, as better than existing exchanges. You know, some of the exchanges have acquired a reputation for being more than slightly dodgy, and so perhaps people were looking for an exchange that they thought they could trust. And FTX very much marketed itself as that.
1: And less than a month ago, Sam Bankman-Fried seemed to have hit the jackpot. The FTX exchange was valued at $32 billion. Yet last Friday, the FTX exchange applied for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in the US. Where did it all go wrong?
0: It all started to go wrong when Coindesk, what purported to be a balance sheet from FTX, um, which appeared to show... That, or from, not from FTX, but from its sister company Alameda Research, which is a hedge fund, purporting to show that the um, that Alameda's assets pretty much were made up of this token called FTT, that was issued by FTX, and there was all kind of funny money going on. And that, um, and off the back of that, the biggest exchange, Binance, announced that it was selling down its holdings of FTT. And the price of FTT crashed. And so lots of people rushed to get their cryptocurrency, their assets, out of FTX because they thought that FTX was um, going to um, – that that the value of the assets was falling and they wouldn't be able to get their assets out. So they had what, in banking terms, would be a run on the bank. um, And they weren't able – to return to the customers, the assets that they deposited on the platform,
1: and is it true to say that the shortfall in that respect was in around eight billion dollars?
0: It appears to have been somewhere around about eight billion dollars. We don't know exactly how big the black hole is, um, but yeah, that those are the that it's those are the kind of figures that I've seen. So I've seen somewhere between six and ten billion dollars. Yeah.
1: So in essence, is it true to say that the FTX exchange was allegedly trading illegally?
0: I would say it was trading while insolvent. Yes. So, but it more more worryingly, I mean, this sort of touches on what an exchange is. We're quite used to banks operating on what we call a fractional reserve basis, where they don't have liquid assets, um, enabling all their customers to produce to um, withdraw all their deposits at the same time. And so, we have things like deposit insurance. We have central banks to try and ensure. That if there is a run on banks, um, the customers always can get their deposits back. Now, things like um, FTX don't have central bank liquidity support. They don't have deposit insurance. There's no guarantees for depositors. But importantly, this is an exchange. It wasn't supposed to be a bank. It was meant to be. These assets were meant to be in custody. They were just assets that people had put on the exchange just in order to trade them. They hadn't lent them to FTX. And yet FTX appears to have siphoned them off and done we know not what with them, replaced them with its own tokens. Now its own tokens are worthless and the customers can't get their funds back.
1: And of course, this really shines a light again on crypto from the perspective of being unregulated because with the example you gave in terms of the fractional reserve with banking, where the bank is in a position to lend a multiple of its deposits because of that financial infrastructure and regulation that's in place, you don't have the same protection in the crypto world.
0: Yeah, you don't have the same protection anywhere. And this is not the first failure of this kind we've seen even this year. There were some pretty high-profile failures earlier this year with the failure of Celsius Network and Voyager. Um, But this one is much, much bigger, and there's an awful lot of people affected this time. So it really does raise the question about whether crypto has now got too big and really needs some proper regulation of the kind that conventional finance has to protect customers.
1: What's the likelihood of regulation being introduced at this point? Because I am hearing through CNBC and Bloomberg that a lot of investors that they're speaking to are saying they won't have confidence to reinvest in crypto until the regulation comes in.
0: I think that um, tied to regulation of crypto now is it's almost a racing certainty. It's, um, and it, I'm, I think it will be a, probably a co- led by the United States, but there will be action, I think, in, in countries around the world. Because FTX's collapse isn't just a United States thing. It affects countries all over the world. There are creditors everywhere who are potentially going to stand to lose their money. So I imagine that regulators all around the world will be wanting to tighten up on the regulation of, of crypto companies now.
1: And what impact would this type of trading have on the hedge fund, in this case, Alameda?
0: Well, I think that we shouldn't see Alameda as an innocent party here. I think Alameda is an intrinsic part Of the the scheme that was essentially taking in client customer money and lending it out at risk, and I think Alameda was part of that. So I don't think it's an innocent party. I think that um, Alameda is also bankrupt. um, It has filed for bankruptcy. Um, If it was actually separate, then we would have expected that if FTX had lent it some money. Um, against collateral then there would have been a margin call and it would have had to have stumped up more collateral and if it couldn't do that the loan would have been repayable instantly and it would have gone bankrupt and the exchange might not have done but because it's all funny money between Alameda and FTX um, you can't really separate them out and both both have become bankrupt
1: The plot taken further last weekend when FTX confirmed that there was unauthorised access to its accounts what were your thoughts when you heard this announcement?
0: I frankly thought it was awfully convenient um, to have a hack of the um, accounts that had lit- immediately after um, filing for Chapter 11. It um, did look awfully like some kind of uh, uh, maybe an inside job or maybe some disgruntled customers trying to get their funds out ahead of the bankruptcy hearing because the effect of the bankruptcy um, is to level the playing field for all creditors, so it means that nobody can get their money back, and all creditors will take potentially take losses depending on their their seniority in the in the creditor ranking. so there are a number of things that it, things that it might have been, but it, it did look awfully convenient to me i don 't think that was unconnected to the bankruptcy at all
1: and as you say, over a million people had crypto within this particular exchange.
0: That's right. This is my view. I mean, there is a pension fund affected. There's a Canadian pension fund that had um, invested in, FT, in uh, was it FTX, in, in, in the FT, yeah, FTX empire, and that's going to lose some money. But I don't think the impact on investors is going to be quite so great as the impact on individuals. FTX promoted itself as an exchange to be used by ordinary people, small people, traders, people who just wanted to have a bit of money in, in cryptocurrency because at the time, it's not the case now, but at the time that it was marketing this, interest rates were absolutely on the floor and cryptocurrency was a way of you know, increasing the returns on your savings. And it actively marketed itself to those people. And so a lot of its customers are are small investors, small traders, ordinary people. FTX at one stage was encouraging people to deposit their wages into accounts on its platform and pay their mortgages from those accounts. Um, it, It is awful to think about what's going to happen to people who've done that.
1: What does the future of cryptocurrency look like from your perspective?
0: going to split into. two in fact i've been thinking for quite a long time that it's going to split into a regulated um arm which will be effectively drawn into mainstream finance and simply become part of it and that arm may be backed by um central bank digital currencies for example um and an unregulated wild west arm um, which will operate entirely offshore and will really be pursued by regulators all around the world I and mean, be constantly trying to find places where it can operate where the regulators haven't turned their eyes or game of a game of whack-a-mole if you like and i think that's where it's going to end up there will be people who feel very strongly that regulation of crypto is wrong that crypto is intended to be unregulated that it shouldn't be part of mainstream finance it's and so forth. So that doesn't seem to be how most people see it now. Most people are saying this thing is too big. People need protection. We need regulation. So mainstream crypto. Will be regulated and so nothing means to just become part of mainstream finance now.
1: Well, if you've just tuned in, that was cryptocurrency commentator Francis Coppola, and I'd like to thank Francis for providing us with an insight into the FTX collapse. After the break, Rachel O'Connor from the General Paints Group, which owns Color Trend, outlines how the family business continues to innovate and grow, so do stay tuned for that.
0: Southeast Radio's business matters
1: with Carl Fitzpatrick.
0: Southeast.